The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me once again via social distancing. We have none other than our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Hello, fun seekers. Yay! We have none other than our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Mansperano. What's up, everybody? And we have none other than our very own The Life with Jenner G's, Jen Elise Feldy. Feeling energetic. Hope you guys are, too. Yeah. So on this week's show, we have a little, a little different show since we've been doing the, the pandemic shows. We have a Jay Bird and Lee segment, and we have an exclusive extended uh, interview with co-creator and uh, uh, co-creator of the animated series, There Goes the Neighborhood, Tony Peck. So that's, that's going to take up uh, most of the show because it's a long interview, but it's a good one. And it's a little on the, the P of the PG side. So a little on the P side than the, the PG side, just uh, let you know ahead of time. <laughs> but before we do any of that, I don't, I don't like to be on the P side. <laughs> I've we, never heard that description before. I was thinking yeah, about me, how, me neither. I was thinking about how to describe <laughs> it, and so it's a little, yeah, it's a little more towards the P than the P. Yeah, I like but, yeah. it. More P than G. I like it. Yeah. Use it. Yeah. So um, before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time. The news is brought to you in part by Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. And the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 26 years of comic book stuff and pop culture news. For more information, go to www.bigapplect.com. Their next convention is scheduled, and tickets are on sale now for uh, their May 1st show. And I want to do our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo. Award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Wenji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. You guys want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com. Look at the for the radio in the search bar just for $8 a month. You can get your shout-out on our show. Oof. All right, so let's see. Let's see. Uh, sad news. Um, longtime actor George Siegel died recently of complications from bypass surgery. While I, Mark, best known him from the TV series Just Shoot Me, which aired on NBC from 1997 to 2003, George starred in a plethora of films, such as... A plethora, It's a plethora. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I said, a plethora. Oh, God. (laughs) All right, here we go. The Longest Day... Invitation to a Gunfighter, Ship of Fools, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, The St. Valentine's Day Massacre, No Way to Treat a Lady, Where's Papa, Bloom in Love, Russian Roulette, The Blackbird, Fun with Dick and Jane, The Last Married Couple in America, Stick, Look Who's Talking, and a sequel, Look Who's Talking 2, Time of Darkness, Joshua Tree, Direct Hit, The Babysitter, It's My Party, The Cable Guy, The Mirror Has Two Faces, Three Days to Vegas, 2012, Love and Other Drugs, and Elisa and Fred, just to name a few. Whew. Of course, George was no slouch on the small screen either, appearing in such shows slash maybe TV movies as 
The Death of a Salesman, Desperate Hours, A Deadly Game, The Zany Adventures of Robin Hood, Many Happy Returns, Murphy's Law, Season of the Heart, High Tide, The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, The Linda McCarthy Story, Retired at 35, and of course, The Goldbergs. Woof. Charlie. No. Did you meet George by chance? Wow. It's like you're clairvoyant. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did. I met George when I was working at the ABC. What a great guy. Nice guy. Um, very happy fellow. Uh, you know, he, everything you would think he is, what's, what's on the screen is, is him. So uh, very sad news. I, I actually enjoyed him on the Goldbergs. So, uh, Dominic, you're a George Siegel fan? I'm not a huge one, but like you, I remember him the most from Just Shoot Me. And I'd say, look who's talking. Oh, yes. Jen, what about you? Oh, I think it's fair to say he was playing a game of Russian roulette. Uh, when I was playing a game of Russian roulette when I got involved with someone who was like the cable guy. <laughs> I don't know him intimately, no. And you, don't know, you don't know him in the biblical sense? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. The rumors, you know, ignore the rumors. So uh, he was, he was, a, he, he was a young, uh, eighty-seven years old. That's too young for him. Um, he needed to be in his nineties. I'm ninety-six. Yeah, anyway. Hello. Hey, wait. <laughs> he needed to be in his nineties, and it would have been all right. Yeah, nineties. All right, we can we can off him more. We can off him. To him. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. I wanted him to uh, live longer. Yes. Yes. We all. We, yes. Yeah. Maybe he didn't want to live longer. How about that? I don't know. We can't ask him now. <laughs> That's um, too late. But uh, if you want to see a, a good movie with him in it, very, very funny, uh, check out Where's Papa. I've never seen that movie, but I know it exists, so maybe I will. Check it out. If, if you're going to... It gets the Charlie Saladino Cena correspondent stamp of approval? Yes, it does. All right. Um, so let's see. So for the last well, one more, yes. Anything, <laughs> anything that Root Gordon is in, it's it's funny. Remember every which way but loose. She played the mother. No. The sort of cinema. Never mind. Move <laughs> on. <laughs> um, so yeah. So with the last bit of sad news, longtime actress Jessica Walter also died recently. Uh. She died in her sleep. Once again, I best knew her from the series Arrested Development on Fox and then later on Netflix. However, Jessica, much like George, starred in a slew of films such oh, as many, many Grand Prix, Number One, Play Misty for Me, Golden Girl, Going Ape, Spring Fever, The Flamingo Kid, Ghost in the Machine, Temptress, Slums of Beverly Hills, Unaccompanied Minors, Bending the Rules, Undercover Grandpa, and Keep the Change, just to name a few. On the small screen, Jessica appeared in such shows as For the People, They Call It Murder, Hurricane, Black Market Baby, the original Doctor Strange movie. How about that? Uh, She's Dressed to Kill, Trapper John MD, Dinosaurs, Thursday's Child, Three's a Crowd, Aaron's Way, I Do, But I Don't, the original 90210, and then, of course, Archer, just to name a few. Um, of note, Jessica played George Siegel's ex-wife in an episode of Just Shoot Me, and they starred together as husband and wife in the aforementioned retired at 35. Um, how about that? that? That's crazy. That's really I, weird. I was going through the list. I was like, wait a minute. Didn't I just say that name of the other show? I was like, holy crap. They were together. as like, so They were like the on-screen couple. 
That's insane. Who That's like in real life. Actors couples could ever be on screen together ever. And then and then die shortly of, within each other. Yes. Yeah, so you're you're right, Jen. It's like it's like real life. Yeah, right. couples. You know, one goes and then the other goes. They can't live without That's each right. other. So maybe they're uh, they weren't acting. Maybe they really had a thing. But regardless, she was a bit of a. I think she's a bit of a legend. Yeah. Um. Are you uh, Archer fans or uh, mm-hmm, Arrested mm-hmm. Development? Yeah. So she mm-hmm, played both. The, yeah. Don, great, uh, great movie. Play Misty for me. Oh man. And it's funny, I watched that movie and I didn't remember her in it because I saw it when I was a little tiny person. You didn't remember her in it? No, like I said, I was a tiny person. I remember seeing it, but I couldn't tell you much about that movie now. If somebody asked me, I just, I did see it back then when I was a kid. I was a tiny person when I watched that. <laughs> I still am a tiny person. How could you I'm not remember tiny- it? You're a tiny person with a tiny brain. Yes. <laughs> And she had a tiny knife and almost stabbed Clint Eastwood in the head. You don't remember that? Don't spoil it for (laughs) people that didn't watch the movie. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, She was. Oh, my God. If you didn't see that movie by now, (laughs) you deserve to get all the spoilers in the world. So she she was, once again, she was another uh, uh, young, 80 years old. 80 years old. Oh, that's bad. So let's see. Um, so, so that's it for the sad news. Let's go with some uh, not as sad news. Um, all right, here's one. From the, that's one way to reduce the audience department. As mentioned in a previous show, San Diego Comic-Con had announced that they were going to attempt an in-person event sometime in November, in addition to the virtual con this summer. Well, now it's official as the dates for November three-day in-person convention will be November 26th, 27th, and 28th of this year. If those dates sound familiar to you, that's because that's Thanksgiving Day weekend. Executives say, here we go. We have lots. We have been able to pivot from in-person gatherings to limited online events. The loss of revenue has an acute impact on the organization and it has met as it has with many small businesses. When reviewing dates for an in-person event, it was clear that the available meeting and exhibit space would limit our options of the dates presented with the fewest restrictions Friday through Saturday, Friday through Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend seem to be the best available space and time for our envisioned event. Comic-Con Special Edition was never intended to be a large gathering reflected of the summer event. As a shorter event, it was our attempt to start slowly and cautiously at the same time addressing the desire for fans to have an in-person show. Currently, we do not know whether having this event in November is even feasible as we're still in the midst of the pandemic, and while we are optimistic about uh, quarter four, we still have not been privy to any specific information on large gatherings. So we were just yeah. talking about how it may or may not be a good idea to have the convention at this time, but now having it on that weekend, I think, is a smart well, move. It's, yeah, it's a very first, smart move. It's not the first time they had it on the, uh, on the Thanksgiving uh, weekend. Uh, yeah, it is. No, it is. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, San Diego Comic Con was always like in the summer. Oh, oh, okay. San Diego, not New York, oh, San Diego. San they're, Diego. they're nuts. Those people <laughs> in San Diego. They're nuts. I don't know. I don't know why they didn't go with the crowds and have it in May. Well, I'll tell you why. Think about it. 
then people can, you know, people, people are going to get COVID. Let's say they do, right? Yes. So instead of blaming it on the con, they can just blame it on Thanksgiving. They're like, well, you were with your parents for Thanksgiving. You were with your families. Because that's what happened yeah. this year, supposedly. So number one, it's a good cover-up. So they don't have the liability. So I bet their lawyers suggested that. I would suggest anyone to have a con on big holiday weekends. That's my official suggestion to everyone who throws events. Perfect. Number two, Thanksgiving, people are going to be so sick of their family. They're going to be dying to go out to a con. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I think that having it on a busy weekend that's that's like that, it automatically reduces the amount of people who are willing to go to the convention. And that's what they're trying to do. Not in San Diego. <laughs> Why not in San Diego? I don't know. I just felt like yelling that out there. <laughs> okay. I like it. Uh, right, I just so- got back from work. I just feel like yelling. <laughs> I hear you. All right. So let's, let's see. Moving on. From the how high is too high department. Never. DC Comics has just announced a new price point for its latest releases of 40-page comics. Starting in May, Superman Red and Blue will now be $5.99. And then in June, Wonder Woman Black, White, and Gold and Batman 109 and Joker number 3 will follow suit. To put things into perspective, normally a 32-page comic book will run about $3.99 a month. With a cardstock cover adds another dollar on top of that. So a 40 page comic for seven bucks. I, uh, do you think that's, that's it for the comic industry? That's, that's too high of a price point? Well, I just got a salad from the Dick Sills Diner for $17. If I paid $17 for lettuce, I think we can pay $5 for a bunch of art. <laughs> as, as the comic guy, Dominic, what do you think? Look, I've paid that much for books in the past. Um, if it, I don't know, like as a, as a regular book on a monthly basis, but it, you know they got the characters and they got the demand. I suppose. I mean, personally, when it came to Pronto Comics, I always said like we got to cap the books no higher than three dollars and fifty cents. And the reason was I'm like because we are now competing. You know, we're, we're competing with people that are doing seven ninety nine. And if you would you rather pay seven ninety nine or six ninety nine for Batman or three fifty for for uh, something you never heard of? Yeah, I, th- so. I think that it's it's they're, they're going too high because remember there's always that, that sweet point about the right price and yeah. competition is video games and the competition and other entertainment is six dollars worth a comic book I look know. i asked that question when i remember when comics used to be a dollar fifty yeah i remember when they were and, 87 cents <laughs> and i remember when i was paying like 3.99 and 4.99 for comics so you have to assume the, the fans that are buying today have just gone along with the gradual cost of inflation increases. And any new fans don't know about how it used to be a dollar. Just like I remember when gas was a dollar twenty five. And yeah. now, I'm pay, now I'm gonna be paying three bucks again. Thanks, Biden. You, yeah. Know? Yeah. you wanna raise just, the minimum wage, you're gonna pay more for your comics. End of story. Pretty much, you know, like if they they that's something a um Economists have said you raise the min. Some economists have said you raise the minimum wage. Everything else will go up because now they know people have more money. Yeah, you know, it All is right. what it is. So let's people see. will pay for it. People, it's Batman, it's the Joker, it's Wonder Woman, Superman. They'll do it. All right, they'll pay for it. So speaking of money, from the that's a lot of nuts department. 
the new action film Nobody has taken the number one spot in its first week of release, uh, putting pulling in six point eight million dollars at the Mexis at the Mexics at the domestic <laughs> box office. Uh, knocking off. You're gonna Raya. say the Mexican box office. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the Mexican. They're, they're knocking off Raya and the last. We don't can... need no stinking box office <laughs> from its three-week reign. Uh, to put things into perspective, this time last year, the animated film Strike, all right, which was described as because I had no idea what this one was, a young mole is an animated film. A young mole must try to achieve his impossible dream of becoming a footballer in order to save his hometown gold mine from a greedy supervillain known as the Boss. Anybody remember that movie? No. No. Honestly, it sounds familiar, to be honest with you. So that took the number one spot this time last year, making $1,324 in box office wow. receipts. Uh, keep in mind, this would be the third full week of the ongoing pandemic, which most theaters were closed. Um, pretty, of- soon, pretty soon they could buy a comic book with that money. <laughs> um, of note, only counting money made this year, Tom and Jerry is still the highest number one f- grossing film of 2021 so far with $31.1 million, followed by Raya. And also keep in mind that Raya is available for an additional $30 on a dreaming, dreaming Disney streaming service, which does not count towards the box office like the sales. So yeah, Tom and Jerry is number one. Last year's strike at $1,324 number one. Crazy. That Jerry is some actor. <laughs> Are people posting about Tom and Jerry? Because maybe I have an adult friend group on all of my social media, but I see nothing. They're, all I see is that people saw it and it wasn't that good. <laughs> uh, oh, I guess no one to talk about. I'm with Jen. I haven't heard anyone talk about Tom and Jerry. But it's still, <laughs> it's still making that money. So There was no skyline. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Which which one would be a good one to end on? Um, all right, let's do this one. Pick a good one, Mark. Last, yes, last bit of news. I think we're going to have fun with this one. From the what the what now department. <laughs> okay. The world's first digital NFT, which is a non-fungible token, which is a unique digital token that effectively verifies authenticity and ownership with an encrypted artist signature, the house has been sold for more than $500,000. Okay? The house is made up of 3D files to upload to his or her quote unquote metaverse, which is a virtual extension of our world where, quote, plots of virtual land are purchased and traded, and digital homes and businesses are built. And it comes complete with a, quote, calming musical accompaniment by musician Jeff Schroeder of the Smashing Pumpkins. You got all that? You got all that. Yeah, uh, you said no. I'll tell you imaginary lake with it while I sing you a lullaby. Same thing. Yes. Yeah, see, Jen got it. <laughs> I, I don't know how many shows we've done together at this point, Mark. <laughs> I've been on the show now since what? Quite some time. Quite some 2015, time. 2015, yeah. 2016, <laughs> somewhere around there. Right? Yes. Uh-huh. So we do like a show a week. Let's say we do 50 shows a year. Mm-hmm. I've been on the show for five years. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're saying we've probably done 250 shows together, roughly speaking. Mm-hmm. In, the, in 250 <laughs> shows, more or less, give or take, easily over 200. I can honestly say this is the first time. I have no idea what you just told me in the news. Uh, and this is the only I'm, time I know. 
I have no idea what you just said. I, I understand the words were English. I understand the each meaning of every word that you said. I have no no idea. What I did my best to try to ex- I did my best to try to explain it, and th- this this paragraph took me so long to type up. I got to tell you, but Jen I, got it. Yeah. Jen I got it. I don't even. Talking Marvel. I don't even blame you, Mark. <laughs> it's not. I don't even blame you or how you typed this up. I'm sure, like Jen got it. That means that you know, it is a thing. The real, someone you were talking to understood what you were saying. Therefore, I consider this as a real thing. I am now officially old because you were speaking something technological, and I'm like, uh, what is that? I don't know. Because that's that's how I feel. Like I have no idea. Charlie, yeah, did you understand? Did you understand what I was saying, Charlie? Um, I lost you out from this department. Yeah. All right. So, 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 Jen, all right, this is your chance to sign, Jen. Why don't you try to explain to the other guys what the hell I just said? Well, basically, it, it, this is what I got. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Maybe I think I got it. I don't. Well, so basically, people get Bitcoin. So, this is like you're buying, you're putting $50,000, I believe. I'm not looking at the notes. I'm just 500, going by memory. 500,000. Oh, 500,000. Holy crap. It's a <laughs> basically virtual plots of land that you can't even live on with your tokens. And they're going to be playing some type of signature music, some type of cool music while you're while you're watching your invisible plots of lands with your real money and getting nothing for it that's kind of what i got yeah that's exactly right that's exactly what yeah yeah well this this is i have a lot of nerd friends i got a really (laughs) lot of smart nerd friends that explain stuff to me and i guess i listen that that is the stupidest product (laughs) Uh for that much money I could get the band I want to play songs in my house playing no. them. No, get them to play it in an imaginary world where no one will see it and pay 500 times the price. I'm pretty certain. I'm with Charlie. For 500 grand, <laughs> I could probably like pay Billy Joel to just come and sit yeah. and like, sing me three songs in my house. Yeah, but then right. you can't resell this house that doesn't exist and except that's in, in a 3D world. world. You don't want to do anything in the real world. That's lame. That's so like I, 2018. Wow. All right. So, so the artist. The I'm artist not high said, enough for this concept. <laughs> I am too sober. Onji Khan. The he artist. The, guy. the artist says. Okay. Here we go. Who is this artist? It's a female female <laughs> artist. She says, "Mars House, which is the name of the house, represents <laughs> oh the next generation of NFTs. It is a sign of things to come." As we entered an augmented wow. reality interface future with the launch of Apple augmented reality glasses and AR contact lenses, this is the first, uh, the first ever tweet um, sold. For, remember, a tweet was sold as an NFT for $2.9 million. Art, NFT, cryptocurrencies, these sweeping changes and ideas of how we will live with digital assets is becoming a reality and will create a global paradigm shift. Yeah. man. This lady Uh. is going to ruin the world. (laughs) It's Armageddon, I'm telling you. So I say this. (laughs) This is something I, I saw on TV. It was a TV show with Lee Majors called Raven. And the, the guy was like a, a monk type, super kung fu guy. And he said, something is only worth a someone, as much as someone is willing to pay for it. And I was That's like, exactly wow, right. 
holy crap, that, that blew my mind as a little kid when he said that. So now I'm like, all right, so if somebody's willing to pay $500,000 for a digital picture and, and a song. Well, here's where you could go with this. Is that <laughs> so maybe, something that, maybe the creator knows something about the world that we don't because there's a lot of, um, consp- I guess call them conspiracy theorists, even though I despise that word. It's inaccurate and misleading. Uh, maybe they're right that things are going to be coming to a crash and everything needs to be virtual. And if you want to meet someone for lunch, you're going to do it virtually for 10,000 million times the price. But I, I will tell you, um, I have some experience in this area because there's something called Deji World. And I was going to host a Valentine's Day show in a, a magical uh, virtual reality world. You go into different rooms and it was very interesting. I almost got wait, lost wait, wait, on my wait. way to the, yeah. We got two minutes. What yeah, happens well, in these rooms? Well, simply put, <laughs> you can get lost in these rooms. And there was a whole online concert during pandemic. But I will tell you, there wasn't really much of a demand. So maybe perhaps people don't want to go to virtual concerts and virtual lives. And they want to live in the real life. End of rant. Done. But they want to buy a $500,000 house. For sure, obviously. <laughs> a virtual house. So maybe yeah. maybe they can do an NFT date. So that way the date itself can be bought as a, as a digital image. And they can like relive that. that date. You could do that at 42nd Street for a lot less. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but it, touch something. But they want it to be digital, virtual. It's all digital and virtual. A tweet? Did I did I tell you that a tweet sold for two point nine million dollars? A tweet yeah, that no anybody can that. see? <laughs> that I don't understand. Look, uh, my Twitter <laughs> handle is at pronto eic, <laughs> and I am willing to sell any of my tweets. For, you know what? You know what? Stop. Saying. Oh, all right, we got a minute. We got less have, than a minute. So, Charlie, go. Oh my God! I thank you for that. Go. Um, <laughs> Just be kind to everybody you see. Dominic. <laughs> uh, my other Twitter handle is at Serrano Arts, and I'm selling tweets there for also $20 a pop. Uh, Just $20. I'm yeah, I'm poor. I need money. Uh, I tweet often. Follow me there. Um, also, I just believe that there's strong evidence. Science is finding that this is already a simulation, and when we die, we wake up, and we're like, oh, that was fun. Jen, 30 seconds, go. 30 seconds. If any men follow the walkaway movement, I want to talk to you. I'm fascinated by it. If you follow the walkaway movement, get in touch with me. I want to hear your thoughts. What's the walkaway movement? women. So with um, that, we're going to take out the... I, hey, yes. hey, just very quickly. Yes, I'll give, go, give, go. Me, give me $10. I'll sing for you. Go. <laughs> with that, we're going to take out break. We'll be right back with a game from the radio. <laughs> Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci fi.radio. Sci fi for my Wi Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Hi, this is Ellen Dubin, star of Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Keep listening. Every Wednesday, new comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. 
And coming this May from Marvel Comics, Heroes Reborn! So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or Independent Comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday 2 to 7, and Saturday noon to 6. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Thank you, and stay safe! This is the amazing question, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Looking to sell your entire comic collection? Have that one key issue you're trying to unload? Well, look no further than Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic book shop. Buying and selling comics, toys, and merchandise with experience in the industry for over 30 years. From Golden Age comics all the way up to the present, they want to buy your stuff. Reach out to them online at www.royalcollectiblesonline.com or give them a call at 718-793-0542. That's Royal Collectibles in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about Pop Carry. That's right. So it's been about a year since uh, your grandfather passed away from COVID. And uh, we wanted to kind of give a little shout out and tribute to him. Memorial to him. And we wanted to talk about some of the fun things uh, he used to do. One of them was watching, which I think we covered a year ago, was The Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And we're watching that again. Yes, the four-hour movie. <laughs> it's three and a half hours. Four, four hours. Okay, well, do you like it? It's okay. It's okay? It's okay. What's one of your favorite parts so far? Um, hmm. Yes, something. <laughs> something. Uh, <laughs> well, do you like the maybe, whole story? Uh, the story is good, yeah. But I like, personally, when, um, Mos- when you see when Moses... Um, takes his staff and like yeah puts it in the water and then it boom blood (laughs) (laughs) okay what about the party of the red sea man like come on oh yeah that's cool too yeah that was cool (laughs) too all right okay and like do you think i mean i don't even know how long ago that movie was made i don't remember the time frame but look at the special effects don't you think they're still pretty decent i mean you watch a lot of special effects movies yeah and it's still pretty good yeah it's pretty good all right, fine. Well, <laughs> it was definitely... What's your favorite part in it? My favorite part? Um, I think I just like when he was young, well, Moses was young and was just, like, um, banished to the lands of... Uh, he was just banished from Egypt and he was kind of walking around a bit and, you know... And yeah. He finds salvation in uh, a group of... Uh, I guess a sheik and, and yeah. a group of women. And it was pretty cool. I liked that part of it. And then he first discovers, you know, God. Yeah. So that that I liked. And I think that's what um, your grandfather liked about it. You know, I think he liked, like, the whole movie. I think he liked the idea Yeah, the of, story. Yeah, like, kind of like an underdog, you know, thing. Um, yeah. You know, somebody who thought was down and out and becomes the king of, you know, all men or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I also wanted to talk about his... Uh, the Lone Ranger. Are you familiar with the Lone Ranger? No. No. no? I think we talked about this last year, but I still Okay, so he the know. Lone Ranger, which um is about a guy who's the Lone Ranger and his yes. horse named Silver. 
right? Who's, who's the Lone Ranger? I, I don't remember who the guy. So he's basically a guy who solves mysteries, or not even mysteries. He just writes wrongs, and he has uh. a sidekick called Tonto, who's an Indian chief or something like that, mm-hmm. and who happens to play be in the new movie or old movie a couple of years ago is Johnny Depp, your favorite. Ooh, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp plays Tonto in the movie. And I think I've heard of the movie now that you mentioned Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But, um, so it happened to be one of his, you know, it wasn't a great movie, but it was definitely the series was one of your pop's favorite. Oh, I remember we brought one time uh, a computer to him, like, just to watch it, and he was really happy. Yeah, he was very happy to watch them all. Um, yeah. Also wanted to talk about how much he loved music, right? So Yeah, uh, he loved No Doubt, like, and Gwen Stefani. That's right, he loved Gwen Stefani, <laughs> yeah, too. That was because they both had the same initials. <laughs> yeah, it was a very cool thing. He loved uh, Gwen Stefani. They had the same initials. And what else did they... I don't know. He just liked the He idea. met her twice, was I it? I think. I went to a concert with him, for no doubt. Oh, um, wow. That was pretty fun. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, but he liked he liked them. He liked Blondie. He kind of influenced... The Beatles. Yeah, the Beatles. He kind of influenced your mom a lot with uh, all, all the music, which... Um, yeah, it was pretty cool because there's some good stuff that he used to listen to, you know? Yeah, he did. Yeah, but anyway, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, and it's a year later. We kind of felt uh, it was time to talk about COVID. We feel like things are getting a little better now these days. Right? Yeah, I I think they're, I think they're getting there. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it's getting there. And, you know, we just, um, you know, wanted to honor him. So mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, you know, we can keep on going. He did like... All your acting and stuff like that. And, yeah. You know, I think he was happy with the podcast and, and a few other things that we had done before yeah. in the past. So it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Speak soon. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Hey everybody, this is Todd McFarlane of the Record Setting Spawn comic series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From The Radio. You're listening to the right spot. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website www.itcamefromradio.com and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. Hi, this is Sue Lee from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show.
Hi, radio heads. Introducing Tony Peck, the main creator of soon-to-be-legendary cartoon, There Goes the Neighborhood, and co-pilot of the Lolita Express. He's the main writer and animator and brainiac of the cartoon co-creator, Cranky Dan Gringle, opted out. Ha! So let's begin this rapid-fire interview. Tony Peck, what or who are your top three inspirations to write material right now? Um, let's see. Andrew Cuomo has been our main inspiration lately. He's been in, he's been in two of our last two episodes. Um, he's a star. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a uh, he's he's killing it right now in the, in the news cycle. So killing it. <laughs> he's killing it and killing and by it I mean uh, nursing home patients. Uh oh, whoopsie daisy, big bang boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was in our last episode about his nursing homes. So he's been um he's been our main inspiration so far. Uh, very inspiring. Yeah, COVID in, general, COVID in general has been pretty inspiring. Mm -hmm. uh, last year we made a, our COVID episode on on the the skew with Joy Behar, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, John McCain's daughter, whatever her name is, star studded, and, and Rosie. So we did that. We did a vaccine episode, um, and and then the nursing home was one was kind of COVID related too. So we've been so Bill uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo, COVID are two main uh, influences, and then let's see the third one would be um, hmm what else? oh probably uh, child trafficking. Oh, right, yeah. Very, very positive. Very positive. Next question. The Cuomo nursing home episode, which might be my favorite, felt very real. Do you have any insider sources that maybe the mayor or the governor? Because that really sounded like Cuomo. Yeah, Cuomo actually, he actually came down to our studio and then recorded it for uh, the, he did, his, he did his own voice for us. Wow. 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 I knew, I knew it. Yeah, I knew there's something special. You have a medallion on right now, do you? Yeah, it's letter C for uh, Cuomo. Ah, oh, I'm not wearing mine. Yeah, it's a Chinese. It's a Chinese. It's a Chinese C. I got it. Uh, we got a ship from Wuhan. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, a, it's a Chinese uh, text uh, Mandarin for uh, for, for it's a C for Cuomo. Very cool. Me and my grandma would approve. Or my grandma and I would approve. You can use it to eat mashed potatoes too. You could scoop it up like a spoon. All right, yeah. number three. I have an idea for you, a bedtime story with Sleepy Joe to help people fall asleep. What do you think? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's good, yeah. He, he does have a lot of, um, a lot of pauses in, in, his, in, his, in his speech, so he gives you time to, to, to get some shut-eye <laughs> in between his talking. And, um, yeah, he's got, that, uh, he's got the, the, the euthanasia vibe already. Because they're 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 just waiting to euthanize him, so that I feel like that'll play into the the bedtime story. Always a plus, winning, winning. And when you're animating Sleeping Joe, do you get sleepy yourself? <laughs> um, no, he, he's he's he was fun, and in the one episode he was in, we actually we, we used his actual voice clips. Wow! Because, because it, the things he he said were so. Um, 
like the things he says is so funny like that we didn't have to write his lines for him because we just use his actual voice clips and if we if we had dan gringle dan gringle did voice some of his stuff but uh, most of his lines were were biden's actual lines and yeah. if we uh wow. if we actually had if we had dan gringle actually voice his lines it would seem less um absurd like it would seem like we were making it up like half the lines he says so it's funnier i think to use his actual lines to show people Definitely. uh Truth is stranger than fiction, and Dan Gringle's a curmudgeon, so we don't want to ask him for too much. He's, he's, <laughs> he needs his sleep. We know he needs his sleep. So how do you make the animating process fun or less of a drag? Are there any rituals or music or aromatherapy or self-talk? And remember, keep it PC because I almost went super rated X right now on this one. Um, some of the stuff I use is that, did you ever huff eucalyptus? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I diffuse it. I don't huff it, but I diffuse it. Yeah. One of my old, one of my ex friends taught me how to huff eucalyptus. Dap in your head. Woo. It's exhilarating. Yeah. That's great. I have a comedy appointment after this and I need to pick me up. So thank you so much. See, we all learn from each other. You have, you have you oil? Of course. Of course I got it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Before guests come over, I try to make it feel like Equinox. So I put my eucalyptus oil. Did you ever hear the story about our ex-friend, me and, me and Dan Gringle's ex-friend? No. Well, I, think Dan, I think Dan Gringle might still be friends with him. Okay. He cursed at my dad, so we're not friends anymore. Yes. Yes. I think I used his weights for a while. I think I, I somehow tracked oh, him down. Yeah. I found that he had weights. Yeah. So he oh, yeah. You were, actually, uh, you were there the day uh, he, he cursed at my dad. Oh, my God. Really? You, were, you, you were there when I got the phone call. Remember, we were in uh, Block Isle. Oh, wow. No wonder you were crying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So this, that guy sounds like a character. Maybe you could put him on the show. Maybe we're going to have... Do you ever, like, make a mockery of your friends or family on the show? Um... No, we make a mockery of people we're not friends with. There, there's... There, there's, um... A couple people that are really annoying on Facebook. Okay. That uh, I, I based character models off of them. These mm -hmm. like comic characters, and I, I don't think they know. Baboom, baboom. Mm -hmm. I, I'm always curious, like when I post um, like footage of the show to my page, like I wonder if they see it. And they're like, whoa, wait, that looks a lot like me. I mean, yeah, I, I I look. I'm like, oh, some of these things seem a little bit like myself. Perhaps I'm being made fun of. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> It's all good. It's all love, baby. It's all love. So who's your favorite character? Um, probably the, the liberal wife, Cameron. She's my favorite to write for, I think. And, and the voice actress is great. Yeah. She, she always nails the lines. She yeah, she's her. super professional. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, uh, yeah. People are weird with, um, as you know, with uh, their identities being known if they do voices. I mean, you... Uh, you might do voices, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I've done some voices for this. I, I'm, I, I'm not super secretive on that part. I love it. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm not just part of it. I'm a fan. I, I'm, I'm the president in the fan. Anyway, so I think this is the best cartoon I've ever seen. I also like Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but I haven't watched it in like a decade. So yeah, I watched that. It, it's, it's, um, you know, if you're into marijuana, you know, I was in college, so this you don't have to be into marijuana to enjoy, which is pretty cool, because a lot of things, you know, you're going to need something. So this is naturally good. And yeah, our show, you probably have to think more, which is probably not necessarily a good thing. 
um, for what seems to be happening in society. But you know what? All the smart people can watch your show. So if you're smart and you doubt the status quo, this show is for you. If you're always down the status quo, if you're wondering, why are we doing this? Why is society doing these things? This show is for you. And now speaking of publicity, you got a lot of publicity, especially lately. I saw on your page yesterday, you have 11,000 followers just on Facebook. So with all the publicity, how do you, do you and Dan Gringle stay so grounded? I mean, you must have girls knocking your door down. <laughs> um, how do we stay grounded? Got a knock? <laughs> yeah, the escort's at the door. <laughs> the escort's knocking down our door right now. Um, we have, yeah, we have, we have a big following on Facebook. We don't on YouTube. We only have like 100, something, 50, maybe 200 subscribers. And then um, Patreon, we have 11,000 <laughs> 11, followers and only 11 patrons. <laughs> Cheap. But, uh, Cheap. So that, that's how we stay grounded is that we have no money. So there's, <laughs> nothing to, there's nothing to inflate our egos, really. Well, before I get to the next questions, I have a few, um, if you don't mind. Um, I just would like you to mention where you can find your show. We'll just get to that right now. So where can we find you? Yeah, so on Facebook, it, the, our page is called There Goes the Neighborhood. I imagine it would probably be one of the first ones that you search on there. On YouTube, though, you have to search probably There Goes the Neighborhood cartoon. I mean, the, the channel's name is There Goes the Neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But if you search that, it's not always the result because we're not... They don't respect us on the YouTube algorithm yet. No, um, it's hard to find. Yeah, we, we have a couple strikes on there. They're 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 itching uh, to kick us off. Yeah, they grounded us. They grounded us for a week when we got. Actually, I did over. Uh, I overturned one of their. They they took down um, one of the clips from one of our latest episodes. The 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 vaccine one when when uh Bill Nye and Bill Gates and Fauci are in the street doing the. The COVID vaccine trials and they wow. have a shotgun and they shoot the guy's head off. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, they, they took that clip down and they said it was medical misinformation. So then I disputed it because you could dispute it once and then you could like write like a, your, your, you have to plead your case to them. Right. I pretty much called them like retarded and said like, this is, your, this is a cartoon. This isn't medical misinformation. No one's watching yeah. us for medical information. It's, it's freaking, it's a cartoon show. People are watching yeah. cartoons to get like medical information. Like, that, like how stupid! It's like so dumb. Nope. So I said that. They actually overturned and they put it back up. Good. Well, I hope that you stay on YouTube and Patreon. Maybe get an OnlyFans. Some comedians are actually doing OnlyFans. I've actually considered it. You, you don't have to be a nudie. So I don't know. Uh, you, you can do more on that site. It might might be worth it. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, fart fetish is very big on there. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear. Um, okay, so Atlantish Creativity, you definitely, I would say, are top 10 most creative people I know, and you're actually doing something with it, and you're outlandish and into satire, probably top five, but I said top 10 to be safe, maybe even top three. So when we recorded one episode, you gave me absinthe. Is that what makes you more creative? What's the secret to your creativity? Yeah, they, they did say uh, the French writers of old in, in Paris would drink absinthe a lot. Hmm. I, can, I can do that, though. If I, I, I can't do any creative when I uh, drink alcohol. I become stupid. I can't, like, recall things. My huh. memory gets really bad. I can't, I can't like, think of, wor like, words to use. Like, I don't know. I, I, I become shot. No, so I can't. Uh, yeah. I, I, I always write uh, soberly. 
any diet things you do, coffee, tea, or good night's sleep, or a walk around the block? Is there anything you do, or it just doesn't matter? It, you just do it. Um, I don't know. Usually, I write in solitude here. I'm in the office now. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. The casting couch. Oh. Um, I've been drinking this stuff. Sometimes I drink regular regular coffee. Just the the aesthetic of black coffee, I feel like, gets me in the in that in the writing mind. Me too. Yeah. Having, having this stuff, it's called mud water. Oh, I wanted to try that. You recommend it? It's actually good. It actually you notice it gets me focused. All right, good to know. Good to know. Well, speaking of creativity, I find that having an active and fulfilling sex life helps my creativity. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> no, I, I think uh, abstinence is the only uh, ab abstinence uh, and, and polyamory, but strictly abs abstinent poly polyamory. Abstinent polyamory. Yeah. So you can disappoint <laughs> multiple. I, you can disappoint multiple old, people. Oh, you got yeah, that was an old idea we had. Remember that? Yes, abstinent polyamory. Yeah. Yeah, and then you you are going to disappoint a lot of people, or maybe you'll satisfy a lot of people. I guess it depends. It depends who they are. And three yeah. more, three, four more questions. What are your top two goals to accomplish with this cartoon, or top one goal? Um, to quit our crappy day jobs and be able to do this full time. Yeah, that's definitely my goal. That's why we're trying to grow our Patreon so folks can uh, fund us. Definitely. We're gonna lay Nine to five, mm -hmm. and Dan does something. Right. <laughs> he works hard. He works hard. You guys yeah. both work hard. And yeah. uh, if you get super famous, will you remember me? Um. Yeah. Well, you're you're one of our characters, so you you're not going anywhere. You're forced to remember me. You you check out your own stuff, and I'm always gonna be there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, our other main, our other long-term goals probably to um, get one, our, get our, get an own private island. One of our, one of our Patreon tiers. If someone wants to uh, yeah. uh, donate for, I think it's fourteen thousand dollars a month. You, you get a, a monthly uh, trip to the Bahamas with me and Dan Gringle. It's pretty reasonable, actually. That I think that's the number for my show, for the show you're on now. I think for fourteen thousand, you can get a training with me and two meals. So twenty-eight thousand, you get an island too. It's pretty good. Yeah, so eventually we'll get our own island. We'll have our own plane that will fly uh, celebrities and politicians out. And uh, we'll yeah. have a fun time on the island. Yeah, and, and maybe it's children-friendly, too, so people can bring their kids, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely have a, a wing for the, the kids to come. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful. I love it. Last two. It's the positive and negative. Almost the same question. What's your top one or two pieces of positive feedback on the show you've ever gotten? Aside from mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get a lot. You have a lot of fans. Yeah, no, we, yeah, we get some very nice comments. Some, some of them I, I saved. I like looking at them when I, <laughs> I'm not funny anymore. Usually, uh, usually during um, the, the writing process for each new episode, I always think I lost it and I'm not funny anymore. Huh. Um, but then it usually turns out all right. I'm usually happy with how the episodes come out. But uh, the best compliments we got, I don't know, we got some good ones. Yeah. Let's say it's, I don't know, 
funniest thing they've seen, but they, they probably have bad taste, so you can't think of no. My dad made me say, tell you multiple times, tell him I watched the nursing home. I said, you go comment. You go comment and do that. <laughs> Don't have me tell you. But yeah, he loves the, the love the nursing home. He was cracking up, cracking yeah. up. Nice. Yeah, that, one, that one's, we're, we're trying to do shorter ones. Um, yeah. So I feel like more people might gravitate towards, towards the shorter ones. Smart. Yeah, like one minute. People are so, they have no attention span. No, flies. A lot of people say they like us better than South Park now. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I love South Park. But lately, it's uh, it's been slipping a little lately. Wouldn't know. I, I watch you guys. I don't watch them. I, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I'll have to check it out. I'll have to see. We'll see. And my in last question. In their prime, no, nobody's. I feel like that nobody topped them in their prime. But uh, they're like freaking what twenty five seasons deep now. No one could be funny for that long. Seinfeld even was eight seasons, and that was even. I think you could be funny for 25 seasons. I think so. You and Dan Gringle, got it. And then Dan Gringle, number two, sure. Three of you guys, for sure. Totally. And the last one, what's your top one or two craziest, wackiest pieces of feedback or scariest or worst you've ever heard? We're ending on a high note. <laughs> um, our Black Lives Matter episode probably got us the most flack um, where people – it's it's funny because because a lot of uh, our libertarian or conservative fans hated it because of the way we, we portrayed cops, <laughs> and then a lot of um, like the liberal people hated it because of the way we portrayed black the BLM stuff. So pretty we pretty much pretty much everyone hated that one. But that that one's actually my personal favorite episode. I think start to finish it's our best one. Um, but yeah, some someone PM'd me um, about that. Someone that knows me locally in the music scene um and she uh was like saying to take it down that people people are talking it's upsetting people that she knows and i was just like nah it's not happening <laughs> tell her never to sign on to mainstream media because she might have a tear or two if this is upsetting yeah yeah well it's like it's, it's stupid it's it's short-sighted in a way because we weren't i mean she 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 was upset um from the liberal perspective where she's saying she has uh, like black friends that are going to be upset by it. But I mean, I mean, the way we portrayed like to think that like watching that episode and to think that we were taking the cops side is kind of a uh, insane. <laughs> so it's a lot of knee jerk reactions that people get. They probably watch like one scene and they like, base their whole opinion off that one scene. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot of things that are salient in people's minds and projection, you know, a lot of people project, I mean, there's entire classes on by teachers just based on their mindsets alone of what they think. And it's not even reality. And, and what is reality? That, you know, there's probably 15 versions of reality. They say, what, there's eight judges on the Supreme Court because there's at least eight versions of reality. So, you know, good luck. Uh, this is a very polarizing cartoon. It offends everyone. It's a little something for everyone. It doesn't offend me. I think it's, I think actually this cartoon gives me hope personally. Personally, some people might find it offensive. I think if you find it offensive, I find you offensive. I'm offended by you. This this cartoon has a lot of free thinking, and it's very important for these words to be said. And more people should be doing things like this, not rip you guys off, but more people should be speaking and thinking and sharing their thoughts like you guys do. We'll be right back with more It Came From The Radio. 
Hello friends, this is Ranger Rob and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. This is Quentin Flynn, a popular voice actor known for Axel, Tamon, uh, and Raiden from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Stick around. If you had any honor... You would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.camefromradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as goodtalkradio.com, btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.